What the flip is up, gamers? Welcome back to the Say It Again podcast. My name is Anthony Kane, and I'm the host of the Say It Again podcast. I just like to repeat myself. Anyway, guys, I got a couple things I want to talk about this episode, but first and foremost is something that came up just in the last couple days, and I know it's been talked about to death, but we're going to talk about Spider-Man leaving the MCU. Okay, so just a little bit of backstory, and I'm not going to try, I'm going to try not to talk about this for like a half hour or anything, but I love Spider-Man. He's my favorite character. He's my favorite superhero. Probably one of my favorite characters in all of media. He is my favorite character in all of media, followed closely by Negan from the Walking Dead comics. The show version can suck my ass. <laughs> but I love Spider-Man. And I think the best way to describe why I love Spider-Man so much is in Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 is just dripping in the character of Spider-Man. That movie is the best adaptation of spider-man ever he's getting fucked by life but he's still doing the right thing and i think the hero speech by aunt may towards the end when she talks about oh how does it go it's like (coughs) it's about heroes and she talks about what they do to people you know what how does it go it's like they could so they could tell their children that they stood in the rain just to see the person who inspired them who inspired them to hold on just a second longer and i love that and i get emotional about that scene a lot and i love that speech and i think it's one of the probably the best spider-man moment in movies honestly but that's you know a whole separate rant i like that i like the line where she says the whole sometimes to do the right thing we have to give up the thing we want the most even our dreams that just is spider-man perfectly encapsulated and i love that idea i love the fact that he comes from a small you know or upbringing i love the fact that no matter what no matter how many bones he breaks how many uh you know check or bills he can't pay no matter how many times his love life fucks up no matter how many times he loses a job because he's late because he can't keep his life and spider-man super duper separated no matter how many times he does not stop fighting and he does not stop doing the right thing and i love that and he's never appreciated either you know <clears throat> the city hates him well you know part most of the city hates him because of the daily bugle and he supplies the pictures of spider-man to j jonah jameson who then proceeds to run anti-spider-man propaganda but he still keeps going because he needs the money and he keeps swinging a spider-man because that's what heroes do they don't give up and they don't care if they're thanked and i love that so let's talk about the mcu a little bit the mcu basically just makes these fuckers gods and then it's just invincible people fighting other invincible people and trying to stop them from destroying the universe look i love infinity war i liked infinity war a lot that's one of my favorite superhero movies honestly but it's not even really a superhero movie like think about it you think about superheroes right i think about people who inspire others and help the ordinary Joe, the regular Joe, in ways that they can't. You know, you're getting mugged. (laughs) You're getting, you know, the regular occurrence where you're getting mugged, because this is fucking New York in the 80s, apparently. You know, the classic, someone's getting mugged. Hey, here comes Spider-Man. Hey, here comes Batman. Hey, here comes, you know, Superman or whatever. That's what I like in my superheroes. Fucking in the MCU, they're basically just the um, the United Nations, but with 
god, literal gods on their team. So, I don't know. It's just not relatable. I think that's why I like superheroes as a concept more as the adaptation as the time goes on because superheroes are supposed to inspire us to be our best selves, to want to do the right thing, to want to help people, all that other stuff. Nowadays, I feel really bad for the kids who grew up with this MCU because now they're like, oh, superheroes, I'm going to fucking become Ant-Man and get really small and go up Thanos' asshole and, you know, that'll save everyone, I guess. I'm not going to go on my rant, but fucking Thanos is right in the end, let's be honest. <laughs> so, I've <laughs> believe it or not, I think the MCU Spider-Man is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life because they heard that Spider-Man quips and they just kind of went off on it. They made him Tony Stark Jr., which I hate. I hate the fact that he can't fight his own battles. I liked in Spider-Man Homecoming how by the end they kind of hinted at that. You know, he had to fight his own battle. He had to, you know, go up against the Vulture, who had a cool design, whatever character, but, you know. He had to go, and he had to learn to fight. And I dug that. I really, really dug that. And I was like, cool. Maybe if they keep that going in the next movie, you know, he makes his own suit. You know, he gets rid of the Stark tech, and he just becomes his own person. That'd be kind of cool. And I can forgive a shitty first movie, because Homecoming and Far From Home are probably some of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life, especially Far From Home, but that's beside the point. You know, he can go and become his own character. And then Infinity War happens, and Far From Home happens, and they threw all that out completely out the window. So, you know, fuck me, I guess. They just made Spider-Man another invincible god character who's just fighting other gods to fucking stop them from destroying the universe. Let's go to my favorite Spider-Man adaptation, all right? The Amazing Spider-Man movies. Now I know what we're all thinking. Anthony's a dumbass. We should crucify him because he likes those movies. <clears throat> like people hate these movies. Like, you know, people act like they're just people act like they're basically just a two-hour loop of 9/11 over and over and over for two hours. That's how people react to these movies. I'm not going to say these movies are perfect. I'm not going to say the Amazing Spider-Man movies one or two are, you know, particularly great movies. One is better than the second one, but or the first one's better than the second one. I mean. But, you know, they're not terrible. They're not awful. The only problem that so- that the fucking second one had was Sony getting greedy and trying to make their own universe. That was the main thing. They were trying to do so much with the Spider-Man thing because, you know, everyone saw, oh, the MCU's popular. People like shared universes. So, oh, let's make a Sinister Six movie. Oh, let's make a Venom movie. Oh, let's make a blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, guys, just, okay. So there's this line from this YouTuber I really dig. I hate everything. It was in his review uh, for Destiny 2, I think. He was like, make me want more instead of just straight up telling me that there is more. You know, and I think that's the right way to do it. Make a good movie. Don't try and build to your own Avengers because it's not going to happen. DC tried to do that with Justice League and it was trash. Batman v Superman is literally probably the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Not even exaggerating. I give that movie a 0 out of 10. Make a good movie by itself. Now, Andrew Garfield, in my opinion, was the best Spider-Man, and I'll tell you why. It was because he had a lot of heart behind the character. He loved, probably still loves that character, despite the fact that Sony cucked him. He loved that character. Look up. Guys, there's this part. There's this part. There was this moment in Comic-Con of 2012 during the big Hall H panel. Now, for those who don't know, Hall H is the biggest room in the place. It holds 6,000 people. It's crazy. It's where they do all the big concert concerts. Where they do all the big panels. Marvel goes there. DC goes there. You know, Warner Brothers goes there. Blah, 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 blah. They get the big stars and all that shit. 
Andrew Garfield dressed up in this shitty Spider-Man costume and pretended to ask a question before the panel started. So it was, the people were like, whoa, what's going on? Oh, man. Oh, God, another cringy fan who doesn't understand the Q&As right after. So security's starting to come, and everyone's like, boo, get off. And then he pulls off his mask. It's fucking Andrew Garfield in this terrible Halloween costume. And he has a speech prepared. And it's all about how much Spider-Man meant to him when he was a kid, when he's, you know, going through life. And he didn't have to do that. And that's why I don't think it was a PR stunt. I genuinely believe that that was real. Because he had that whole thing prepared, and he just went and did it. He didn't have to. Because people were going to see this movie anyway. There were already 6,000 people in the room for him, but... He's doing it. He just wanted to share how appreciative he was that he got the role. Because imagine, just imagine being a huge Spider-Man fan and getting to play Peter Parker Spider-Man. That'd be amazing. If I could act and if I had the body type for it and I had the confidence and I had a lot of different things, I would love to play Spider-Man. That'd be amazing. But then, you know, Sony got greedy and, you know, Disney got his their grubby fucking gloved hands on him. Shout out to Disney for being the worst company in the world, by the way. There's this uh there was this kid who died of this bone disease. I think it was a bone disease. It was some kind of some kind of internal thing. I think it was a bone disease. Kid died. One of his last wishes was to have his hero, Spider Man, on his tombstone because this kid loved Spider Man. This kid was like four. He loved Spider Man. He read comics every day while he was in the hospital and all that, and it kept him going. Unfortunately, the little guy couldn't make it. And my heart goes out to that family. And I know that this story is like months old at this point, but not enough people talked about it. So they tried to get they tried to get Spider-Man's insignia on the little kid's tombstone, and not Sony. Disney was like, yo, that's tight, but unfortunately we don't want a, our character who was shaped by death to be associated with death because Disney's so afraid of alienating any fucking demographic on the planet. Oh, my God. God forbid we talk about the darker parts of life. I think Beck said it best about his song, uh, Girl. You know, where there's light, there needs to be shadows, too. That's just the way things work. I'm not saying fucking every Spider-Man movie has to start with Uncle Ben getting gunned down and, oh my God, look at how fucking sad and emo and dark this is. Oh my God! You know, it doesn't have to be that. I'm just saying, if they acknowledged Uncle Ben at any point during these MCU movies, that'd be kind of cool. You know, it doesn't have to be a whole flashback, just a quick like, yo, Uncle Ben would be proud. They haven't mentioned Uncle Ben one time in these terrible MCU Spider-Man movies. And that's frustrating as a Spider-Man fan. Apparently, the only Spider-Man fan on the earth who doesn't like Homecoming or Far From Home, Jesus Christ. I mean, I saw those people on Twitter talking about, oh, save, save Spidey from Sony. Sony's so greedy. They ruined everything. They ruined our cringy dialogue. Ugh, they ruined the MCU. Fuck off. Okay. Look, they were both pretty greedy, but Disney, holy shit, Disney f- was about to fuck Sony up the ass. Listen to this. So here's what the they were basically doing. Disney currently owns, I believe, 100% of the merchandising rights for Spider-Man. That's insane. Now, think about how popular this character is. And then think about how much money they make from the merch. That's more money than I can fucking imagine. That's insane. So they have all that. And then on top of that, they get 5% of the money made during the opening weekend, which is huge. That's the most... That's the that's the time that money movies make the most money. And... They get 5% of that. Imagine 5% of, you know, $6 million or whatever, right? I'll actually look up what the opening weekend on uh, Far From Home was really quick. So according to Variety Magazine, uh, Far From Home made $185 million on its opening weekend. Now, let's look at 5% of that really quick. 
5%. Okay, so that's about $9 million, which is ridiculous. I mean, you know, we could look at Endgame and see it made $2 billion, but $9 million, that's insane. Plus, they get all the merchandising rights, so they're making insane money. So, Sony in the deal, you know, gets to make the movies, and then... You know, they get all the other money. They, you know, they give Disney that 5%, and then they get all the rest of the money. And, you know, that's fine. But Disney comes into their office and says, hey, I know we make most of the money in this deal, but how about instead of 5%, you give us a 50-50 deal, okay? How about that? I don't even know if the deal I described is right. I don't know if they make 5% of the weekend, or they make the whole opening weekend, and then 5% of whatever the gross is. It's one of those, I honestly don't want to look it up because I've been trying to record this podcast for weeks now and I don't want to waste any more time. Point is, it was really shitty. And they were like, hey, we know we have most of the money, but how about you give us a little more? And Sony, rightfully, was like, no, fuck off. Give us our character back. That's ridiculous. And then Disney tried to, uh, you know, offer them reasonable deals. Like they gave them, I believe they gave them the 70 30 split. Which is still insane. That's an insane amount of money. But Sony was like, fuck, no. No, that's ridiculous. And, you know, we could argue that they're probably being a little greedy because they want to make their own Spider-Verse and whatever. But I'm sorry. Disney's the bad guy in this situation, guys. I'm sorry. I know you like your quippy, dumb, stupid fucking MCU shit, but Disney was an asshole here, okay? The fact that Disney can still be the good guys, quote-unquote, in this situation isn't absurd to me. Now, let's talk a little bit about what this means. This means, well, okay, so without Spider-Man the MCU, I believe part of the deal was like, okay, well, if you if we don't get Spider-Man, you don't get to have any any of the MCU parts of Spider-Man of our Spider-Man. And everyone's crying about that, but that's great. That's amazing because first and broadly speaking, they can do their own thing. They can put their own spin on it. They can do their own shit with Spider-Man and make him his own character again. You know, instead of having him connected to Tony Stark or have him connected to, you know, whatever, connected to all these other characters, they can have him be his own character. And that's when I think Spider-Man works best, personally. So that's cool. They don't get to do all the MCU stuff? Perfect. I hated the MCU aspects. I hated the suits. I liked how the black and red one suit looked, actually. But I hate the fact that they're just Iron Man suits, basically. They don't have to do all the stupid subplots with Ned and Flash and quote-unquote MJ and all that other shit. This is all personal at this point. I'm just bitching at this point. But to wrap up my bitching, this is a good thing, guys. Now, Sony, I'm talking to you. I know that you, one of the biggest corporations on the planet, are listening to my shitty podcast. So I'm talking to you, Sony. Don't fuck this up, okay? If you guys make a good movie and don't get too greedy with the whole prospect of a universe... I'll if they make a good Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man three or whatever they're gonna call it. I don't know if they'll do. I imagine they'll do like a soft reboot. All they have to do to fix any continuity errors is just put elsewhere in the Spider-Verse at the very beginning of the movie. That's all they have to do. Sony, don't fuck this up. If you make a good movie, I'll trumpet it from the uh, from the mountaintops and I'll make sure everybody on Earth sees it. And I'll be the only one who likes it probably. But hey, that's okay. You're making movies for me now at this point, boys. If you make a trash Spider-Man movie, you can fuck right off, and I'll tear it to pieces, and I'll tear you to pieces, all right? So, you know, <laughs> that's a threat. No, but I do. I was pretty rough on Tom Holland when I first saw him casted, but honestly, after seeing Far From Home, and as an aside, 
God, what I wouldn't give to just have that two have that two hours and have that twelve dollars back. Oh God, I would give, I would give my toes. I would give anything, dude, to have that back. Cause fuck that movie. Tom Holland, after watching that movie, I think he could be a good Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Unfortunately, the writing from Disney and Marvel has been pretty, pretty substantially terrible. I hated all the writing in those two Spider-Man movies. They're terrible. I don't think they get the character personally, but. That's just me. Maybe I'm just an MCU hater. I really think that Tom Holland can come into his own in this. And so, Sony, I want you to work with Tom Holland to help develop the character that you want it to be. Don't just give him a script and say, all right, Tom, let's get it. Work with him. Work with him like you did work with Andrew Garfield, at least for a little bit. I'm done talking about Spider-Man, guys. Let's get to what I really want to talk about. All right. Guys, I got a bit of a confession to make, okay? The last two or three months, I've been unemployed. I don't like to admit it, and I didn't want to talk about it on the podcast because, one, it's kind of embarrassing, and two, like, no one cares. It, it is, it's mostly embarrassing because, oh, I've been without a job. It's not for a lack of trying. I've been applying fucking everywhere in the universe for a job, but no one likes me because I don't know. I don't have any food service <laughs> fucking history. The job market's so fucked, but that's a that's a rant for... My political hour of the podcast. No, I'm not going to get into it. Point is, I've been without a job. I've been getting by on gigs because I I freelance photography and video for weddings. And I know a couple people in the the wedding media business. And so I've been getting a couple gigs there. And that's how I've been getting by. But I finally got a new job. And this is great. Now, to talk about this job, I kind of got to uh, tell a bit of a story. We're getting kind of deep in the lore of Anthony Kane on this one, guys. Something that no person in their right mind should be invested in, but I'm going to fucking talk about it anyway, because who cares? A little bit about my background. I went to elementary school in Catholic school. Fun fact, and I'm sure I've got some stories I could tell you guys about that at some point. But yeah, kindergarten to fifth grade. Anthony was going to St. Anthony's. <sighs> no one made the joke. No one made the joke either, weirdly, from what I remember. Nobody ever made a joke. Oh, St. Anthony, you're going to St. Anthony's. <laughs> at least at the school. No one made a joke because no one cared because I was a wallflower for 99% of my life. But K through 5th, I was a very quiet, shy kid. But I had a really active imagination. And I helped foster that imagination and help it bloom and grow. In uh, mass that we were required to go to for an hour every Friday, I would always just sit there and make up stories in my head, and that was my jam. After that, I moved up to uh, the uh, the fucking foothills and then went to middle school and high school up here. So let's talk a bit about high school. Let's skip ahead. All through middle school, I'm like still being creative. I actually wrote a, a trilogy of novellas, and they were pretty terrible, obviously pretty terrible and cringy, but uh, the fact that that creativity still kept coming out I didn't know that I wanted to be a writer at that point yet, but I was still just like, oh, this is fun. I like this. Let's write some shit. Cut to high school when I was... My whole arc in high school is similar to many, I would imagine, to many of yours, as I would imagine. But I started off pretty quiet, pretty in my shell, pretty uh, cringy and shy and all that garbage and wearing clothes that were way too big for me because I thought I was fat. Joke's on you, past Anthony. Now nah, I'm a fat bitch. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> no, um... My whole arc in high school started off with that. As the four years went on, I, I kept kind of writing. And then finally, in junior year, I realized that, man, I want to be a writer. And then in senior year, I, I really became 
I really came into my own for the first time when I was in senior year of high school. I became a, a better, more outgoing, more interesting person in that year. And it was really cool. And that was when I knew I wanted to be a writer. So I was always writing little stories, always trying way too hard on essays, always blah, 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 blah. For my senior project, uh, for those who don't know, senior projects were like these big things that we all had to do. I don't know if that's a regular thing in high school, in, in other high schools, I mean, but fact remains, we had to do this big project to graduate. And my project, it could be on anything you wanted. You had to do it and then write a paper about it, then present it or whatever. And it took all year. Mine was a screenplay. It's my first ever screenplay, and I wrote a feature-length film, and uh, I still like it. I'm actually editing it right now because I'd really like to do something with it, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That's beside the point. I really came into my own in high school, and it was great because I was finally over the girl that I was with in high school because I got way too attached. I did the wrong thing, guys, okay? If you're going into high school, pro tip, if you're going to date, don't get so fucking attached. There will be other girls. <laughs> oh, God, I just want to go back and punch past me in the throat. Get over her, you pussy. Jesus Christ. Anyway, I was finally over her. I could finally become my own. I was becoming my own person, and I was like, oh, I'm outgoing. I'm talking to people I don't know. This is so cool. What the fuck? I I have money. I'm doing stuff. Oh, my God. I wasn't rich, but I was like, oh, I have my own money. I'm making my own money or whatever. Oh, this is so cool. So that's why the next year, my freshman year of college, was a big deal to me. It was, it was you know, for lack of a less cliche, overused, and graduation speeches term, it was the beginning of a new chapter for me. It was amazing. So the fall semester was something else. So my buddy Austin and I, or shout out to Austin. I know, I see you, bud. I know you listen. I see you driving in your car or whatever, listening to this podcast. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so me and Austin were like trying to figure out, you know, how we were going to keep in touch because we knew we were both going to the same college. It's this community college. It was when I was going there called Willow. And now it's called Clovis Community. I hate that name because that's the name of uh, most places in Clovis. It's a hospital. It's a this. It's a the. It's like three other things. I'm pretty sure. The Clovis Community College. Like how many C's do you need? I'm gonna be calling it Willow from now on. So it's not. I don't care if it's Clovis. It's Willow. It's always gonna be Willow to me. So we were going to Willow, right? And we were trying to coordinate our schedules. We were like, oh, I have a two hour, two two or three hour break here. We can get lunch. Blah blah blah. And we became pretty good friends over uh, senior year and then into college. And so I was thinking like, oh, man, at least in college I'll have like one friend. That'll be awesome. So I go to my first class. It's an 8 a.m. class, which Jesus Christ, never do that. If you guys are going into college, I know the semester definitely already started by now. But if you're going into college, don't do an 8 a.m. class to start off. Okay, you're not going to be used to it after that summer. Okay, do like later classes during the day. So I go. And I text my boy. I'm all like, hey, man, uh, I'm going to be in the cafe. I'm going to go to the cafe for a little bit and then kind of chill. And then if you want to grab lunch later after you're out or if you want to hang out a bit, you know, I'll just be in the cafe. Just hit me up. He's like, dope, cool, whatever. So I go to the cafe. And I'm sitting there. And I'm like, I think I'm reading a textbook or I'm watching a video. I'm doing something. And and and, and I'm sitting there, right? I'm re- Let's say I'm reading a textbook. I'm reading my textbook. And then out of nowhere... I, I'm sitting in a booth and I hear a voice go, Anthony Kane? And I look up and it's a guy I don't remember. I have no idea who this guy is. I'm like, yeah, do do I know you, man? He's like, and he goes, dude, it, it's me. It's Sam. And it was this guy. It was this dude named Sam who I went to fucking elementary school with. He was there at St. Anthony's with me. You know, we weren't like best friends, but we were close. We were like, you know, friends. I was like, what the fuck, Sam? I haven't seen you in literally over 10 years. This is insane. 
So he sits down. We get to talking and all that. And it's so cool to me. I'm like, what the fuck? This is this is so whack. And, you know, we're hanging out for a sec. So 20 minutes, about 20 minutes later, uh, these uh, two guys come in to the cafe and they, they know Sam. Right. And uh, oh, fuck, here I go. I'm going to I'm going to hurt someone's feelings, but I'm just going to group them all together because I don't remember which two it was. Uh, there were two of them. I don't remember who it was. So I'm just going to say it was all three. So these three guys come in. We got a tall ass dude. We have a buff ass dude. And then we got a normal ass looking dude. And so he introduced me to those guys. And that was that was the beginning of everything. That was the beginning of everything. And so from then on, I went on to meet so many different people. So with those first three, we had Christian. Shout out to all these people. We had Christian, James, and Danny. They were the beginning of the cafe group, as it came to be called, because throughout that entire semester, I met so many new people. I talked to so many different people, and we all became pretty close. I, I think we did, at least. I, I certainly became close with them, and it was amazing, and I, I felt like I was becoming my own person, and so it was amazing because throughout that entire semester, we would just hang out in the cafe and just chat and bullshit and fuck around and all that. And that was probably one of the first times, if not the first time, that I'd ever had a whole big group of friends. Like, I'd obviously had friends before, right? But in high school, I only hung out with, like, two people, regularly at least. Like, I was friendly with people, I knew people and whatnot, but, like, I only regularly hung out with, like, my friend John and his girlfriend and then time whenever he was around. And so this was, like, my first time. I was like, what the fuck? There's like a lot of people. And what was crazy about this group was <laughs> like every person was a different character. They were actual characters. Like I, I like my buddy James, he was a, he's literally seven seven two, right? My buddy Christian, he's the whitest uh cholo I've ever met in my life. Uh Danny is this Jordanian bodybuilder who started out as a fat dude. He's like a legit bodybuilder now. This dude's insane. There was, there was, so there was Sam. He was a womanizer who was, you know, kind of whatever. No, he was a good guy. There was Sam. There was, there was Annika, who's this mystery girl I went to high school with. There was Austin. There was Isaac. There was, I'm trying to remember specifically the fall semester. There were a lot. And I know I'm forgetting people. But then, throughout that entire semester, there was a girl in the cafe. Now I know a lot of you listening. A lot of, some of you listening probably know me and have heard the Cafe Girl story before. I'm not going to tell the whole thing. That probably deserves its own episode. Plus, I've told this story like 20 times. Long story short, there's a girl in the cafe, right? And I'm sitting there with my friends. I'm like, cool, I got all my friends. And, oh, my God, there's a girl. Now, this girl, this Cafe Girl, she was, to me, perfect in basically every aspect. You know, I'm not going to say she was like, oh, Megan Fox, big ass, big old hitties and all that. No, she was just like, wow. That's the exact kind of person that I would like to date. And I think she's really attractive, and I'd really like to go talk to her. And I never got the nerve to talk to her. She would always come to the cafe every morning and every afternoon. Well, not every morning, some mornings. But every afternoon she'd be there. Every afternoon around, fuck, 3 o'clock I think she'd be in there. Maybe 4 o'clock. <clears throat> I don't remember. Every afternoon she'd be in there, and I'd always look at her, and I'd always want to go and just talk to her. But at the time, think about it, I'm fucking 18, dude. I don't know how to talk to girls. I've only ever been with one girl. That's an excuse, but, you know, it, it's true. <laughs> so I always looked over and saw this girl, 
And I wasn't just fucking staring at... I know what you're all thinking. I wasn't sitting in a corner staring at this girl masturbating. I would glance over at her, comment on how objectively gorgeous she is and how much I'd like to go talk to her, and then go back to the conversation where I'd get roasted for not being able to go talk to her because I'm the biggest pussy on the planet. Was. I'm still kind of a pussy, but whatever. And then uh, as time kind of went on, I started writing. I... Because here was the thing. When I got out of high school... When I got out of high school, I had just finished my screenplay, and I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. I got one screenplay down. I can I can do anything. I, I just, I just want to work on something new. Hmm, what do I do? In response to Cafe Girl, I wrote a show, and it's <laughs> it's probably my favorite thing I've ever written because this show went on to define so much of me. And that whole semester went on to define me. So let's get back to Cafe Girl. If I'm not going to go talk to her, I at least have to get something out of this. And so I wrote this show, and I wrote (laughs) an entire season, and I outlined an entire five-season arc for these characters. And I made, I put so much work and love and passion and so much into the show because it it ended. The show ended up being ended up being a part of me. It really was. It's it's everything I felt. It's every every hardship I felt, every every bad day, every good day, every heartbreak, every every success. It it's everything that I am is in the show. And the show made me it helped shape who I am today. And we can debate on, you know, if I'm my best version or not. I think I'm a pretty okay version of myself. I'm definitely better than I was back then. Because I can talk to people and I know my problems and I know that I have depression and all that shit. I know that I want to be a writer and I know my writing style and I know that this is the kind of shit I want to write. And this show... I'm going to get emotional, God. (laughs) This show and the amount of growth and the friends that I made and and the, the dreams that I had wouldn't exist without the cafe because every day we'd we'd go to the, I looked forward to the cafe more than I looked forward to fucking my classes I was like oh man can't wait to get out of my class and hang out in the cafe literally all day it was it was a great time I, I went through a whole stage where I wanted to recapture that over the next few years I tried to recapture that first fall semester but you can't you can't beat the classics you can't beat the OG boys and it was a great time in my life. 2014, fall semester 2014 was one of the best times I've ever had. On one hand, you had, hey, there's Cafe Girl. Anthony, go talk to her. I will. I'll learn her name by the end of the semester. Ha, ha, ha. And then on the other hand, when no one was there, I would be writing my show. And then when people were there, I'd be talking to them. We'd all be becoming good friends. And I fucked up my chances with a girl who probably who sat with us for a while. there. <laughs> but hey, you know, whatever. To conclude the Cafe Girls portion of the story, the last day of the semester, she came in a lot. Well, here's the thing. Throughout the whole, and I'll get back to the the whole dreams and all that emotional shit, but just to give you guys closure on the Cafe Girl story. Um, throughout the semester, we would uh, exchange glances. You know, I, so I definitely felt like there was something there. This isn't me making up shit later. I recognized it then, too. I was like, shit, I think she kind of wants me to go talk to her. You know, is that kind of look... 
where she was, I don't know, this is this is most for the guys. Uh, <laughs> it's the kind of look a girl gives you when she's like, hey, come talk to me, you know, that kind of stuff. This sounds weird, but that's just, that's exact. that's honestly how I interpreted it. And so I kind of felt like there was something there. And I feel like, looking back, I feel like if I had gone and talked to her, you know, we something might have actually happened. We might have actually gotten coffee. We, we might have actually gotten together. Or maybe she could have been a, a huge bitch. I don't know. I'll never know. But point is, last day she came in and she looked nice. I'm not saying that she dressed up for me. I'm not. I'm not implying that at all. But she wore lipstick. And she only wore lipstick, I think, one other time. And uh, I, I liked it. She looked great. Whole day goes by. And the last day of the semester is the next day. So it's like Thursday's the last day that we were there on a Wednesday. And so we, uh, I, I go and I see her there and she's there for a lot of the day. And I still don't talk to her. And so me and my friend Jeremy leave the cafe shortly after her and her friend leave. And we kind of bro hug out in the quad and we're like, all right, man, well, hey, I'll hitch up this weekend or whatever. And uh, I look over my buddy Jeremy's shoulder and I see a cafe girl looking back at me and... That's when I knew I fucked up. That was the moment. Uh, and it's still I can still see it perfectly burned into my retinas. That was the moment that I knew I definitely could have talked to her and I definitely could have gone somewhere with it. But I didn't. And then I spent the next t- two years in a weird depression. But I went crazy on uh, the show. And I made the show what it was. And I... The show... I'm not going to go off on the sh- rant about the show. But the show is really defined by a lot. Anyway... Back to the actual cafe, you know, there'd be the cafe girl there. We'd be hanging out. We'd be, I'd be writing. We'd be doing all this stuff. And the food was good. The food was good, too. Like, it was fucking, it was burgers and chicken sandwiches and burritos and stuff like that. But it was good stuff. And it still is. And so, basically what I'm saying is that I carried the dreams that I had. And I carried... Some of the people, you know, you lose contact with some people. I still talk to a lot of the people that I met through the cafe. I at least follow them on stuff. And sometimes, you know, me and this one guy, Luke, who came in in the second semester that I was there, he and I still Snapchat every now and then. We just send pictures like, hey, what's going on? It's like, what up? I live in Reno. I'm a cop. Actually, where he went with his life. Better than me, I can tell you that. Basically, guys, those people and those dreams and those feelings and that growth that I went through it all defined who I am and set me on the path through my adult life and basically what I'm saying is that is that that cafe that stupid fucking cafe on that community college campus I don't want to say I don't want to say it gave me everything that I have but in a weird way it kind of did gave me the show that defined me for years and I'm still working on that show and I'm st- I'm actually working on a pitch right now for it to hopefully get it out there it'd be cool if like a, a Netflix yeah it'd be cool if a Netflix or a Hulu bought it well not Hulu because they're owned by Disney but if, if some kind of online network bought it that would be awesome but you know we'll see what happens and I'll keep you guys updated with that anyway it that cafe in a weird way gave me everything I have today and I I owe that cafe a lot in a weird way. I owe the people who run that cafe a lot. And uh, I owe them a lot in the sense that they made me the man I am today. And we can argue about, you know, how I am today. But I'm certainly the best version of myself. And and I 
if I had to choose between who I am today and who I was back then, I would always choose who I am today. And went through a lot of shit and a lot of heartbreak and a lot of hard times. Took a lot of L's over the last couple of years, but I think I'm finally getting close to becoming who I'm supposed to be. And I couldn't have done that without the cafe. Anyway, if you haven't guessed by now, I work there now. And um, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's a great job and I love it. And uh, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a great thing. It's just a job. I fully recognize that it's just a job. And I get a lot of hours. It's hard work. I'm not going to lie. And the people are nice. And sometimes it gets really intense. And sometimes I get really sad because of it. But honestly, I feel like this cafe is just going to keep helping me get to where I need to be in life because I'm finally going to have an income, a stable income. I'm going to be able to probably move out at some point and I'm going to be able to keep saving up so I can do what I want to do. And I couldn't do that without the cafe. And I couldn't be more grateful to that that stupid cafe. Anyway, guys, now that we've gotten all emotional, haha. All right, so... I think that's actually going to be it. That You know what? That is going to be it. That's going to be it for this episode of the podcast. I just wanted to share that tale of the cafe and talk about where I'm at in life a little bit and bitch about Spider-Man, obviously. Anyway, guys, I am going to be getting on a more, you know, get your fucking drinking, <laughs> fucking Anthony Kane podcast drinking games ready because I am going to be getting on a more decent schedule. And I mean it this time because... <laughs> I've been uh, dealing with a lot of shit the last couple of weeks. I think I'm finally on the other side of all that. And um, I have four days off. I have like a four-day weekend. So I'm going to try and backlog like two or three episodes so I can actually be on a weekly schedule. And um, yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for everything. Oh, one thing I did want to mention is um, apparently, and I haven't tested this yet, so I probably shouldn't be talking about it on the podcast, but I think it's so cool that if it is possible, I'd love to do it. So listen, I have switched to a new podcast provider called uh, Anchor, and Anchor's the I'm I'm not being paid. Uh, <laughs> they offered, but they're you know they have a CPM, and that's per thousand people reached, and I think I only reached like maybe thirty people with this podcast. But that's beside the point. I'm not getting paid. This is a great fucking. I'm not going to go off any too much longer because I'm trying to wrap this up but I just have to suck them off for a minute Anchor is the best podcast hosting site I think I've ever used and I've used at least five it's free first off has easy distribution to all your main uh, fucking oh god damn it all your podcast providers Apple uh, Spotify you know Stitcher all that shit and that's why I that's the main reason why I have the podcast on so many different things now I have it on Spotify now because it's so easy to just get it through Anchor they also offer sponsorships and all that good shit. I'm not big enough to do that kind of stuff yet, but they're amazing, and I love them, and I will. I just want to kiss them all in the mouth. Anyway, they do this feature, apparently, where if you go to uh, my link for, like, my podcast link, like my homepage or whatever, you can send me a voice message. And I don't know if this is true. So if it's not true and I look like a dumbass, I'll, I'll cut this out, but... You can go to anchor.fm slash say it again, and it should say send a voice message, like right up at the top of the screen. And if not, and I sound like a dumbass, then, you know, I'm I'm really embarrassed, and I'm sorry. But, yeah, if that's there, guys, send me voice messages. I will play them on the podcast. I want to see what you guys are saying. Tell me 
should you be so inclined, and if this does work, tell me what you think about the Spider-Man thing. I want to know what, I mean, I, I know what you are thinking. Give back to Disney. But, you know, tell me what you think about that. And it'd be really cool because if this is a possibility, I think it'd be really cool to kind of get second opinions on the podcast because, you know, I'd love to be able to have people call in. Unfortunately, I don't do this live yet. <laughs> Hint. And I don't uh, don't know how to connect a phone line to this kind of thing. But if you can send me a voice message and say what's up, talk about Spider-Man <laughs> or whatever, please do it. I implore you. And then obviously, you know, I'm going to go ahead and plug the socials. If you want to send an email, say it again, pod at gmail.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, I'm at the pie boy, T-H-E-P-I-E-B-O-I on everything. And I think we've covered it all. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining me, guys. I appreciate any and all listenership. I appreciate you guys leaving reviews on iTunes and Spotify. Please continue doing that. And, uh, yeah, just thanks, guys. It's, it's good to be back in the saddle. All right. We'll see you next week, guys. Hope you'll join us when we say it again. <laughs>